Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Pyeonghwa Gyeong. Pyeonghwa Gyeong, Book 8 The Reunification of Korea and World Peace. 8. True Love and the World of Unity. April 30, 1990, Swanbo Waikiki Hotel, Cheongju, Korea. Welcoming event for True Parents Homecoming from the victorious Moscow Rally. If I were to give a title to today's speech, it would be True Love and the World of Unity. The word unity denotes a value desired by all people, regardless of whether they are high class or low class, good or evil. It is a term that will remain forever as long as humanity continues to exist. Moreover, it is not only human beings who desire unity. All created things and even God desire it. In the human world, the standard by which something is measured as true inevitably changes over time, and everyone has desires that are almost impossible to achieve. This applies in all parts of the world, in the East and the West. The reality is that human beings, without exception, cannot suppress their aspiration to have the best and be the best. Given that people have such great aspirations, what do they seek as their absolute truth? For a man, the absolute truth is a woman, and for a woman, it is a man. For parents, the absolute truth is their children, and for children, it is their parents. And for God, the absolute truth is human beings, and for human beings, it is God. Any words that are spoken in the original world are those of the ideal. This is because a true man and true woman have true love that unites everything, and their true love unites even human beings with God. Consider the meaning of true love. Upon it rests the absoluteness of a man and a woman, and they try to obey it even at the risk of their lives. Even the absolute God sets true love as the highest and most precious ideal, the center of absolute values. Therefore, God also desires to live in absolute obedience to true love. Accordingly, when a couple marries, they pledge their desire to live with absolute obedience to true love. Their commitment to each other in marriage is the center of absolute values for the man and the woman on the horizontal plane, and by it they can possess God's true love, which is his vertical center of absolute values. Herein lies the cause and purpose for human beings being born and living their lives, as well as God's ideal of creation. When we expand this consideration to human history, we find that the solution to all our issues, including our view of life, view of the universe, and view of God, can be found at the place where a true man, a true woman, and God are united absolutely as one, centering on true love. This is the origin of absolute values. I searched far and wide to find what could fulfill human beings' unlimited desires in this world. I found that true love was the only thing that could do it. Among the many kinds of love, what love can do so? Only true love. Reverend Moon's Unification Church teaches that practicing true love can save the world. The teaching of true love is life-giving. It is what human beings need for eternity. For true love, challenges and obstacles do not pose a problem. Within true love resides the power to go on, even at the risk of one's life. However, when you look at human history up to now, there has not been one person who has achieved true love and the world of unity. This is because of the human fall. Although people desire unity, they do not really know where the motive for this desire comes from. But you need to know it. The motive for true unity does not lie in the other, in my wife or my husband, my sons or daughters, my relatives, my nation, or heaven and earth. It lies within me. 
I have laid a global foundation in various fields and connected it to my own foundation. In particular, knowing that this nation as well as the world would need the proper use of science and technology, I understood the value of connecting the Tongil Industries Company in Korea with the state-of-the-art mechanical engineering of Germany and the cutting-edge electronics technology of Japan. I have been continuously making preparations in those fields. All my efforts to set up this international collaboration over the span of 45 years since the Second World War have been for the sake of the Korean people. Yet this nation and its people have shown no interest in it. Now, however, the time has come when Korea has no choice but to rely on me. When you look at history, God and the devil have pursued completely opposite strategies. God's strategy is that of being struck first, which eventually results in receiving compensation, whereas Satan's is that of striking first, which inevitably results in him suffering loss. Take a look at the history of the First, Second, and Third World Wars. In each of them, the side that struck first was destroyed. This is true even in the Third World War, which has been a war of ideologies. People like us, religious workers who stand in a public position, have been struck. History tells us that even Confucius was reviled. Very few saints were regarded as such during their lifetime. And what of Jesus? He was accused of being a rebel against the Roman Empire, and he was killed for it. Even though these saints in their own time died a wretched death, as the ages passed, they were elevated to become the respected saints they are today. Being persecuted is a method to inherit the right to possess all that one's enemies owned. That is why in the history of religion, progress takes place when one is persecuted. If you are a person whom God truly loves, heavenly fortune always protects you. Ladies and gentlemen, true love, though invisible, is the most precious treasure. If we ask who among us is treasured, the answer is, it is the saints. The teachings of the saints are unchangeable. If a certain saint teaches righteousness on earth, that teaching remains. Even when he or she has gone to the spirit world, it does not change, because it is in harmony with the laws of heaven. Many Christians do not pay attention to the ways of history, which can be likened to the flow of water. They do not know what the origin is, or the nature of the great way of heaven's law. Their eyes are blind. So why should anyone listen to their shouting? If they continue on their way, they are very likely to be run over by a speeding car at an intersection. I have dedicated my whole life to pioneering this path in order to awaken them from their ignorance. So what do you think is the reason I have suffered so terribly? It was to find true love. Since God established his true love as the highest absolute center, I have been trying to live in accord with it. God is our father and we are his children. Can a father tell his children to do something that he has not first done himself? That would be illogical and irrational. That is why before God commands us to be absolutely obedient, he first was absolutely obedient. He had to do it before he could command us to do it. True love, which even the living God desires to abide by absolutely, is the very thing that can conquer even hell. When you possess true love, you can absorb all sorrow and pain and transform them into joy. Where does this true love come from? It comes from the true love of God, which is its origin. It stems from there because God, too, desires such a love. Try asking a man and woman who are about to get married what they hope for their spouse to be. In her heart, the bride will think, I wish for my fiancé to be better than me. And the bridegroom also will wish for his bride to be better than he is. Likewise, parents all live with the hope that their children will grow up to be greater than them. These desires stem from God and center on true love. 
Given their basis in God, we can deduce that God desires for the object partners of his true love to be better than him. This desire of his is the origin of our original nature. That is why God invests again and again. He created human beings to be the object partners of his true love. The saying, of all the myriad things, human beings are the most precious, is only too true. God created human beings because he needed object partners of love. That is why he also created all living things based upon the central model of human beings, so that all things can harmonize with and be embraced by human beings. It is all for the ideal of love. When you study the created world, even in the mineral kingdom, you will see that positive and negative interact. If you bring one element together with another randomly, they will not necessarily fuse. If their valences do not correspond, not even God can command them to react. God created even the elements in such a way. Interactions in the mineral kingdom, though at a more basic level, are reflections of the central model of the ideal form of creation, which is love. Through love, all elements communicate. That is why, centering on the essence of true love, unfallen human beings can communicate with everything, from the heart of God, to the animal kingdom, to all things. When you enter such a state, you can communicate even with a stone. The problem is that you have not yet been able to enter that state. For people like us, when we enter this deep realm of mystery, we find that all things in nature are our friends. In the ecstatic state of love, when you laugh, all created things in the world and even God will harmonize with you. Tune in tomorrow for the continuation of this speech on True Love and the World of Unity. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.